inspiring message by Paul Van Essen at Greater Life Church. For more information about us, do visit our website www.greaterlife.org.uk but praise God, good to be with you. Thank you for joining us. Just want to say thank you too for uh, people who were very uh, kind to me uh, at this uh, juncture of life they call a birthday. So um, thanks for that. Thank you very, very much for many uh, kind and heartfelt uh, thoughts, uh, cards, emails, texts and gifts and, and well wishes. Uh, thank you very much feel really blessed. Hey, uh, we're great, a uh, great opportunity to get into the Word of God today. And uh, so thank God for that. Are you ready? I'm fiddling around with this a little bit so I can come a bit closer to you. Uh, excellent. So we're going to uh, do this. Now, we did doing this series called uh, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. It is consistently one of the most sought-after areas of teaching in the Christian church and has been for a long time. And uh, so I wanted to spend, and we've had some interest in it from people too, so I wanted to spend a little time uh, getting into that with you. And so this is the fourth week. Last week, you remember, was Easter. You remember that? And we did a thing called Easter Beyond Jesus, where we really talked about this person, called the Holy Spirit. And so that was part of that series. That was the third part. And today, I've entitled that this When God Whispers. And what I'm going to do as we open today is just turn our hearts and encourage us to take maybe 20 seconds, that's not a lot of time, maybe 30 seconds to turn uh, our hearts towards God right now. So wherever you are, you'll have your Bible, you'll have your notepad, just put that down, whatever you're doing with coffees and teas uh, and, and whatever else. Take a seat, put it down, and let's just turn our hearts towards the Lord for this short time now. Father, we come into your presence with great thanksgiving, with great praise, with great joy, with great honor. We thank you that you've given us your word, the holy written word of God, which we have and we share together. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for the power and reality of the person of the Holy Spirit. And as we discuss some of his attributes, we turn our hearts towards you and ask that you would guide and ask that you would speak. And Father, we pray that the the remove for the removal of every every blind mind blinding spirit, every old kind of thinking, every spiritual density almost where we we're not clear on what you're saying. I'm just reminded of your passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 where you said uh, when we turn towards the Lord that the veil is removed and the Lord in that context is the Holy Spirit so we turn towards you 
there's a turning in our hearts right now. And as we turn, veils are removed and levels of non-clarity fall away. And we thank you for speaking to us today, whispering to our hearts today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. So important that we do that and that we uh, have that kind of approach to the Word of God. I want to talk to you about uh, when God whispers, and I want to start with these couple of thoughts for you. I, I want you to understand from the very beginning that you uh, were created and designed by God to hear from God. To hear, it's in your nature. You were made in the image of God. The Bible makes that clear in several places, but particularly Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. It says that God got together, the three of them, and said, let's make people in our image and in our likeness. And so we are born of the intent, the deliberate intent of Almighty God. And our nature is a spirit. We're the only creation, the only thing made that is spirit. And that spirit, that supernatural substance, that eternal substance that God is made of, is what's deep on the inside of us. Now, whether you know Jesus, you've met him, you've been born again or not, you're still a spirit. But you're, you're, the, the, the lines of communication between you and God uh, open up and become clear the more spirit conscious you are and the more your spirit grows. And certainly that connection, that initial connection where you're made friends with God, where everything that was a blockage has been removed and any record of errors that you've ever made has been wiped away. And you now have complete access to the presence of God. You know, that's kind of Easter beyond, you know, beyond Easter every day of your life. One of my favorite little passages or thoughts is where when Jesus uh, is, dies uh, in, in and he's crucified, you know, and he, and he gives up the ghost or gives up his spirit and he dies. At that very point, a number of things happen in the earth. Uh, people are resurrected from graves. And also, very significantly, this, this veil, as they called it, which was a four-inch thick, they tell us, about four inches thick cloth, woven cloth, very particularly woven cloth, obviously very heavy woven cloth, which was inside the temple of God. And then in the temple, there would be a holy of holies, as they called it, or the most holy place. And that was separated. That most holy place was separated from the holy place, from the, the, the place where priests could come by this four inch thick veil. And that most holy place, you could only go in there, these spiritual people, these religious, if you will, these Jews that, that worshipped God, only one could go in there. And that would be the high priest. And that would be once a year. He would go past that veil. Because the presence of God 
the power of God, the Holy Spirit, was in there. And if there was anything out of kilter, that priest would die as soon as he went in, or that high priest would die, because there was the glory of God was in there, and he was not positioned, if you like, or in a right state, not righteous before God. So he couldn't withstand it, and, and he died. Now that whole most holy place, on the, day, on the moment Jesus died, that veil was torn. Supernatural act, nobody did it. It's four inches thick. It's not something you or I could do anyway. And it was torn from top to bottom, indicating that God in heaven has done this tearing. And now, I mean, this must have freaked people out. Nobody goes in there. And uh, especially the spiritual guys, you know, like, what is, no, we're going to die. We're going to, and, and there's the, you know, the Ark of the Covenant is there. And yet this awesome thing happened to signify that now everything that kept us out of the presence of God is dealt with by that death of Jesus. And now we have access all the time, 24-7, to the absolute glory of God. That's an awesome thing. Now, your spirit was designed in the image of God to relate to God, to hear from God. We're talking about how the Holy Spirit leads you. I want you to start with this thought that you were designed, your nature is to hear from God. It's not a difficult thing to do, but you do need to understand some things. But by nature, it is who you are. So today, if you have received Jesus, if you've become born again, you've heard from God. Because you can't receive Jesus unless you hear from God. Because he calls you first. Nobody comes except God first calls them. And he may do that in different ways. And we may find it difficult to put our finger exactly on that. But our inward person has been spoken to by God, drawn by God. And we respond to that drawing and that's how we get born again. And God will lead us all through our lives. And I want to help you with that. Let me in this opening little section explain or show you a diagram. And I don't have a, like a screen share situation, which we do use sometimes with Zoom. But I've just done a diagram, which I think will probably um, suffice. I want you to understand how people are made up. Uh, you hear a lot of different things about this. You'll hear theories of the world. You'll get... a Di, uh, 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 you know, a, a dichotomy, an inward person, outward person. You've got psychology that has studied these things. And there are a few things in this regard that the Bible is very clear on, even though sometimes our teachers, Bible teachers over history, haven't been that clear. It's clear that we're a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. That's clear. It's in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, and you can read it there if you wish. It's also clear that we are spirit beings because we're made in the image of God. And God is a spirit. John 4.4 4 tells you that. And of course, in Genesis 1, you have that passage where uh, uh, we're made in his image and in his likeness. We're made of the same substance that God is. 
So, but we also have a soul. And the soul, now the Bible doesn't spell it out like this. The Bible doesn't say your soul is your mind and your will and your emotions. And that's a pretty helpful assumption. And it, 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 it's, it helps to think like that. Your mind, your soul comprises those parts of the inward person that connect with reasoning and rationality and uh, thinking through things. Sometimes you've been in a process where you're thinking through something and you're thinking, should I do this, shouldn't I do this? But there's some other voice on the inside of you pressing you saying, don't do that. But you're, you want to do it as your will, your emotions, you feel like doing it. And now your mind oftentimes will start to construct logical reasons why you should be able to do what you want to do. But it's your spirit's voice that is warning you not to. It works the other way. Sometimes God has prompted you to do something or say something. And it takes a little boldness. And, uh, and you are now, you don't feel like it emotionally. And you don't, uh, you don't, don't, your will therefore has pulled back on it. And then your mind is now constructing reasons, r rational reasons, why you shouldn't do that. Uh, nobody else has spoken out in this prayer meeting. You know, what if I make a mistake? All these kind of things. But there's a press on the inside of you saying you should. You should speak. You should, you should articulate. Those things, learning to walk with God, that's, that's how that works. But I want you to understand the makeup of people, what they traditionally have said, this first, this diagram I'll give you. Traditionally, people have thought that, you know, spirit, soul, and body, three parts. So there's three kind of circles, if you like. And I'm going to try and show you how that looks out of my little beautifully diagrammed book. There you go. Okay, that pretty much is there, isn't it? So, and that's how it works. So see the two Bible verses. They're the ones that make reference to this. So you can write those down. And uh, you can see the body is the tent that you live in. That's all it is. Once you're off this earth, you're out of that body, but your spirit and your soul go on. That's the real you. But that's a traditional view, you see. You might have seen that diagram if you've studied these things over the years. Here's something that's biblically, I think, more accurate and more helpful. Let's have a look at it, see if we can see it there. There we go. So there you go. There, I think you can see that all right. So there we go. There's the body still, but that's what it's really like. The inner person is like a mishmash of your spirit and your soul. That reference I put up there for you, Hebrews 4 uh, verse 12, says that the word of God is quick, sharp and active, able to divide between soul and spirit. In other words, they're clearly not the same thing. And in other words, they're also not easy to divide between. And it says, able to be divide between, even between soul and spirit, or between joints and marrow. Now, if you've ever seen a joint, I'm going to take that picture down. See that? If you've ever seen a joint or cut through a bone, uh, you will see, and I've done this a few times just because of this Bible verse. I want to see how, 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 how God sees us. And what happens on the inside of the bone when you kind of cut off the top of the joint there and the you know there's the bone and then there's the marrow in the middle now what happens at that point is that the marrow and the bone are almost interchangeable there's not like a line and uh 
that sometimes you you can do that you know if you've cooked something and eaten something but when you see like a, a raw joint um that's not cooked you can see this soft stuff which is the marrow and then the bone but a lot of it's mixed some of the marrow is a bit bony some of the bone is a bit marrowy it's not clear cut and that's a far more helpful picture and a biblical picture of the inward person because we often get confused or unclear about what God is speaking to us because our soul and our spirit are mashed together. And oftentimes the voice of your soul is louder than the voice of your spirit and it, you find it difficult to perceive. So remember, you're born for this. It's natural for you to hear from God. But the part that perceives from God is your spirit because he's spirit and spirit communicates to spirit. Now, let me help you here. How do we deal with this? Well, obviously, the stronger your spirit becomes, the more clearly and more easily you will hear what God is saying to you. The stronger your spirit becomes. And isn't it interesting that one of my favorite prayers there in Ephesians 3, we usually quote from verse 17, which says uh, that I'm praying for you, that God, that you being rooted and grounded in faith would have power to grasp with all God's people what is the width and the length and the height, you know that prayer. So if you wind back a verse and go to, I think it's 15 or 16, it'll say how he's praying for you. He's saying, I'm praying that God may strengthen your spirit so that you being rooted and grounded in faith, in love, sorry. Strengthen your spirit is, is kind of the beginning of that prayer. That's a good prayer to pray for you. That's a good prayer for you to pray for other people. Sometimes we just pray, oh, God bless so-and-so. It'd actually be better to pray for God, something specific in the Bible, like, God, would you strengthen their spirit? Because that's going to facilitate their spiritual growth and life and bring the answers that they need in this situation. To be honest, sometimes we pray in our kindness towards people out of a very soulical, soulish position and we see somebody in pain or distress and our immediate response is we want to relieve that distress. And that's understandable, but it isn't always the will of God. Because distress has a, or pressure will have an effect on people that often draws them nearer to God. And there are people, people I'm thinking of right now, none of you here, but I'm just conscious of somebody I've, I've had a bit of contact with this week, where I know God is trying to get their attention with something. And sometimes the prayer of save them, fix this, bless them, get rid of it, deal with it, isn't the prayer. Because in some cases, this beautiful Christian person has been walking a certain path that is not going to hit the target that God has for them. And so they need their spirit strengthened. And sometimes God permits stuff to come against you that will, not that God will ever abandon you, leave you in a position, but sometimes the circumstances, sometimes the circumstances are such that the better prayer is, 
God strengthen them because they need to find a strength in this situation instead of being bailed out. It's a little bit like when a child grows and they're used to mum and dad providing pretty much everything. You know, the food on the table, new clothes, whatever, school uniform, now you're off to work, oh, well, I'll drive you or I'll pay for the train ticket or whatever it is, and we do those things. And if we're not careful, you get to a point where the child becomes overly dependent on mum and dad and doesn't learn to work for themselves or to take responsibility for their own financial world. And if you constantly bail them out, so now they've got on a train and uh, they have avoided paying the, fine, uh, paying the ticket on the train because they don't have enough money because they haven't, we haven't given them any this time. And so now they've got a fine and uh, they've got to pay that fine. And I'm not going to bail you out on that fine because that's your now your responsibility to get on a train you're going to pay. If you choose not to pay, you run the risk of paying a fine. We're not here to bail that out. Now, that causes a little distress. But if I constantly relieve that distress, I'm not really allowing them to grow as a person. And you'll have a 40-year-old that's still dependent on mum and dad and doesn't know how to manage their own money. So God has that perspective with us too not just with finance, but across the board. So praying that your spirit is strengthened. Let's get back to this. The part that perceives God speaking to you is your spirit. So the stronger your spirit becomes in that mishmash situation, the clearer the voice of God will be to you. The other side of it is that your soul, <clears throat> which comprises your, for want of a better term, it's a helpful, functioning, working uh, idea your mind, your thinking, your will and your emotions, your, your, your feelings, um, your mind, they, they will, the stronger they are, right, the stronger your soul feelings are, the more that drowns out your spirit voice. So if you're constantly in mental strain, stress, thinking through things, or you are um, emo strongly, emo your emotions are not reined in. You just feel strongly, and I, I get that. I think a lot of creative people do have a stronger than normal sense of feeling about things, feel passionate about things, and that's what changes the world. But if you don't restrain that, if you don't have control over that, you can go into Proverbs, a man who cannot rule his own spirit or his own passions uh, is 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 he's like a, a, a city whose walls are broken down. And that happens to a, really, a lot of really good people. They're, the walls of their life are broken down because they can't restrain the passions that they feel. No, you've got to learn to restrain them. So if you're the voice of your passions, I feel this, I feel that, it's very strong, I feel hurt, I feel angry, I feel betrayed, all those things. If you allow those voices, if you feed those voices... If you keep feeding into those voices, your soul just gets louder and, uh, and your emotions. And then you will, I'm going to do this. If you're willful, I'm just going to do it that way. I'm going to do that. When those three things are strong, the voice of your spirit just drops into the background and you find it hard to hear what God is saying. So the answer, quieten your soul and strengthen your spirit. Now, let me talk about this topic that we, we, the title we used. I wanted to give you some foundation because it's 
I want to help you beyond today, uh, walking with God and hearing his voice. When God whispers, so the whisper of God, or you could call it the leaning of God, not even clear words, not, not ticker tape saying, I am telling you to go to Melbourne. Uh, not, 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 I'm telling you to marry that person, not marry that person, take that job, not take that job, get up at six o'clock and pray, pray in the evening instead, stop eating too many foods. I'm, you know, mostly we don't hear clear words like that. Now, sometimes in this move of the prophetic thing that we have, and we're prophetic people and we're apostolic people, we're very open to the moving of the Spirit of God. And I endorse that, and, and, and that'll be a big part of when we get together and meet again in person to worship God and to allow the Holy Spirit to move amongst us is going to be a key part of what we're doing there because we need to grow in that realm. But I just want to re-emphasize that the primary way God will guide you will be by an inward witness or leaning or knowing, or you could say a whisper. Very rarely an angel that will appear to you. People will prophesy and have words for you, but they should be something that affirms something on the inside of you already there. Because people miss it. Reminds me of a story. This story might help you. It was a, a great minister, great spirit-filled, early Pentecostal, you'd call him, pioneer called Ray Bloomfield. He came from New Zealand. Uh, I heard him preach a number of times. He was uh, in, in my youth in my 80, in the 80s. And uh, he actually was a, a, a big force for God in the Pentecostal movement. So he was the one that was responsible to get Frank Houston baptized in the Holy Spirit. Frank Houston was Brian Houston's father. And so there's fruit all the way through there. And I remember um, he was strong in this area of gifts and he came to somebody in the front row of a meeting and he said, God shows me that you've got a double hernia and he wants to heal you. And the person kind of said, no, well, no, I don't have a, a, a double hernia. And Ray said, God, God shows me. <laughs> and he was a belligerent kind of a guy. God shows me you've got a double hernia. He said, well, I don't have a double hernia. He said, well, are you calling God a liar? You know, he was, he was very confident in his gift, right? And, and moving in that area. But this guy's saying, look, I don't have a, well, 10 seconds later, the guy sitting next to this guy says, I have a double hernia. And so they ministered to him. And as far as I know, the man received his healing. I don't know for sure. But the point is, you see, that we're, we're picking up things. We're learning things. You're just not going to get it right all the time. And you need to know that so that you walk with kind of circumspectly, with a little bit of wisdom in this whole area, and understand that you're growing and you're developing in the realm of hearing from God. Now, those kinds of things, whether it's angels, whether it's an audible voice, which I've heard one time in my life, whether there's certain things, they are not the primary way. The primary way will be the voice, the gentle whisper of God in your heart. And that's what changes you, is responding to that voice of God. So for me, if I can help you like practically, okay, I'm, I'm one of the ways that 
I spend time with God and help get answers in difficult times. It's not always exactly about what should I do. Sometimes in life, people irritate you. You ever, ever found that? Or is that only me? And it could be the person, you know, that they're acting in an irritating way. But listen, while you're on the planet, you're going to run into <laughs> thousands of them. And if you're not careful, you're going to be one as well. So the point is not to try and make the world non-irritable to you or non-frustrating or non-upsetting or whatever it might be because you can't control anybody else, but you can control you. But that answer comes out of that spirit man, that inside of you. So for me, this is what happens. Sometimes certain things will happen and I might get three, four things happen in a row and it, and it becomes, like for anybody, and it becomes like, oh, not again. And it, and it starts to frustrate me or get to me now. I know now I'm not in as spirit-filled a form as I want to be. The best answer for that, for me, is to get in the presence of God and get refilled, if you like, with the Holy Spirit. That's one way to put it. Or to strengthen my spirit. So what will I do in that time? Well, there's a few things that work really well. Worship is a, is a huge thing and will continue to be. It's a huge aspect because worship is communicating with God and it's part of your prayer life. So one thing, I will get into the, my room, I'll find a place where I'm not distracted, I'll turn off the phone if I have to and if that upsets somebody in the next hour, well, bad luck because I've got to look after me. I've got to make sure I'm in decent form. Because if we're not careful, we can go for days, weeks, and even years not in good form. If that's happened to you and it happens, then hear me now. Let's get it right. Get in the presence of God. So I'll come in and I'll worship. That's a huge thing that opens the door. I will pray in the spirit because that's my spirit praying. So automatically the voice of my spirit becomes louder and the voice of my soul and my thinking eventually, sometimes takes a while, will quieten down, will slow down. And then I'm in this zone, which might take me 15 minutes or it might take me 40 minutes to get there. But sooner or later, there's a transition that starts to take place. There's a verse in the Bible that talks about those that wait on the Lord. So sometimes it's good just to be still before him. But those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. And the, the word is actually exchange. There's something about being in the presence of God when you're actively engaged and you're looking to him where exchange starts to take place. And I'm sensing, and all of a sudden, well, all of a sudden, in, in, this, in this zone, I'm conscious of his presence. That's the third thing, worship, praying in the spirit, conscious of his presence. I'm conscious of his presence and I'm, I'm my heart is changing in response to this frustrating situation. And where I might have allowed myself to start to think that person is really bothering me. I wish they wouldn't do that. What a stupid thing to do. Da-da-da-da-da. I know in my head uh, acting like that isn't going to help. But there isn't strength in my head to control my spirit. I've got to get in the presence of God. And then my spirit starts. It exchanges strength and strength comes from heaven. My spirit is strengthened. Now I start to... Now I really, something on the inside, I think, I don't need to. I, oh, why would I bother with that? And it's like the whisper of God. 
the presence of God comes in. How each individual person prays, finds time for God, is up to the individual person. I can help you and encourage you and over these coming months we're going to do some training online in those kind of areas to really help people grow spiritually practically it's going to be awesome fun but for today take something away with you get in the presence of God and let that begin to tune pray to strengthen your spirit and let and start to perceive what the Holy Spirit is saying to you I want to close in these next few minutes with a couple of thoughts that are going to be really important to you. This whisper of God is not just about guidance. It's bigger than that. It's about actually your very faith. You see, faith, this substance called faith, it's stuff inside you. Right today, if we had a faith measurer, angels will have faith measurers and they could tell any one of us what our level of faith is right now. But faith can grow. And what faith is, is being convinced, persuaded on the inside, absolutely rock solid, this is the way it is. And wherever there's faith, there's victory. Faith is the victory. And it's only faith that's the victory. Faith is the thing by which you stand. Faith is how you receive from God. Only faith. I'm a big believer in two great things above all else agape love and faith and without faith you can't receive from god you can't be saved so having belief being convinced trusting that's foundational and you know how faith grows would you like to grow your faith people ask jesus about it And Paul talked about it in Romans 10 and he said, now faith, and this is the traditional version, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And most Christians have thought faith comes by reading the Bible, which isn't what it says. Faith comes by hearing. You're going to have faith in whatever you hear. When your parents, if your parents told you that you would never amount to anything, especially when you're young and impressionable, you'll have faith for that. You'll believe that. You'll be convinced inside. Even if your head squabbles with it, there's a conviction on the inside, deep inside. And you have to change what you hear in order to change your beliefs. That's a process. It doesn't happen in an instant with a prayer. But God will uh, whisper to you, and here's what I want you to get. Faith comes by hearing... So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let me read the, uh, the Holman Christian Standard Bible. is pretty insightful on this. Faith comes from what is heard. And what is heard comes through the message about Christ. Faith comes through what is heard. And what is heard comes through the message about Christ. That has to do with a spoken message. The Greek word here is rhema, not logos. It means literally a fresh spoken word to you. And here's the Passion Translation, which I like the best on this verse. Faith, then, is birthed in the heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. That's what it's like. Faith. And when you have faith and you've grown in faith, which is something God, a journey God has taken me on, it helps you understand it better. Many people that talk faith, I'm believing God, are not believing God. 
It's just become a phrase. Because faith comes when God whispers. Or put better, faith comes, faith grows in response to hearing God speak. And most of the time, that's a whisper. That's mostly something you've got to discern. So you get in the presence of God. Can't put a time limit on him and say, I need to hear about this in the next five minutes. Thank you. You get your spirit in good position. And God will speak. And the real faith in your heart, you will have some faith today for certain things. And you'll wish you had some faith and you'll say, I'm believing for certain things that you really don't have faith for. Why? Because you haven't got, heard God speak. God will always speak in line with his word. But hearing his voice, rhema, is different to reading the Bible. So they go hand in hand. And sometimes God will use the Bible specifically to speak to you. But there are other times when he gives you a word, a word he, he just whispers in your heart. And what happens is you just you just know that's true. That's more rare than it should be. This faith is more rare than it should be. Real faith. But as you hear God whisper, and what's the open door, and I'm closing with this. You want to know the open door to hearing God whisper like this? To hearing God speak to you, which builds your faith, which strengthens your spirit person, which helps you know every day, Whew, this is good, I'm walking in the presence of God. You know what opens the door? I've talked about it before. It's amazing. The yielded heart is what opens the door. God's voice doesn't come to intellect. It comes to yieldedness. There's this classic verse where Jesus says to people, if you will do what I tell you to do, then you'll know whether the voice is from God or not. Isn't that just classic? If you'll do what I tell you to do, then you'll know. A lot of people don't know the voice of God with any great clarity, not because they're not intelligent and not because they haven't prayed and not because they're not born again, but because their heart hasn't already decided they're going to do whatever God says. It's a big secret. The yielded heart. I did some teaching on it last year and I might just re rebirth those those little clips I did of those in, in the next few weeks and uh, or maybe the next few days. They were helpful. Yieldedness. It's a better word than obedience. God isn't looking for somebody who obeys. God is looking more for somebody who's yielded, who comes to God and says, you know, whatever you say, I'll do that. Whatever you say about me, I'll believe that. Whatever you say is possible, I'm going to believe that. But you need not just the scripture, but your own experience in the presence of God to hear God whisper to you because faith to get the job done will come out of hearing God speak his utterance in your heart, not just reading the Bible. And when you come to God and you've already said yes, when you don't know what he's going to say, that's the very thing that opens the door to him speaking. I really hope that's helped you. I'm glad that we got to that point. 
I have here in this room a distinct sense of Holy Spirit's presence. And I hope you do where you are as well. That's what it's all about. Whether we meet online or whether we meet in a building or whether we meet around a dining table as outdoors at the moment, but as things change, what we want to do is create a world, a Christian world, a community, a church, whatever, where we facilitate, we help people to hear God's voice, to walk in his presence. That is what every child of God deserves, was born for, and what I'm here to help make happen. So right now we're going to play a final worship song. It's a great song. And uh, we recorded it not that long ago. It's called Holy Ground. It has that sense of the awe of God. And I want to encourage you while you're here with us to turn it up as loud as you want, to sit where you're sitting, stand where you're standing. Don't rush out and get a cup of tea. Don't rush out and go to the bathroom. Take this time to let Holy Spirit speak to your heart. And you may find that he will whisper something in your heart today, but you should find that he's already whispered some things. Some of the things that we've talked about where your heart has responded and said, hmm, that's right, you need to believe that, you need to do that, you need to. Let's take these probably five minutes and be in the presence of God. 